Kate. And I'm Jamie. And this is Creeps and Coffee. A show where we talk about the creepiest crime cases around the world. So, let's grab some coffee. And have a chat. that's like I'm alive but I'm dead Mm -hmm. that's really how I feel right now I understand school is feeling very much existential crisis oh oh yeah very much I want to get a bunch of piercings and tattoos change my hair go through a whole identity crisis but I have no money so I can't do any of that but if I did if I was rich it would be over for all all y'all I'm just letting you know See, that's the exact thought process I had, and that's why I got a credit card, so that I could do those things. But if I get a credit card, how am I going to pay it off? (laughs) I have not been able to find a job. Speaking of, if anyone's hiring a recent university graduate... If anybody wants to sponsor us, we've got about 12 listeners. Please, please, give me money. I did get $5 on PayPal. I don't know from where, but I'll that's, take it. That's nice. Um, yeah, so it's, I think it's been, it's been a time for both of us lately. Mm. So we thought the best way to escape the trauma of our lives <laughs> is to look into one of the most notorious killers in criminal history. I think as a, as a, forewarning for everyone I think this episode should probably have a bit of a trigger warning on it Mm, and if not if not trigger just a straight up content warning we're going to be talking about Ed Gein who is Mm -hmm. um uh, pretty messed up there's going to be some talk of some mutilation there's going to be talk of unhealthy family relationships there's no sexual abuse that happens, so I guess that's good. Mm. That's about the only thing that's not going to be covered, though. Yeah. It gets pretty gory, so if you have, like, a weak stomach, maybe don't, don't eat while you listen or don't listen. And you know what? Yeah, that's the thing. If this isn't for you, that's totally cool. We have other episodes on other topics. We'll be coming out with other topics. You don't need to listen to the murder ones. It's okay. We understand. We're not going to force you to be uncomfortable. And we love you. And we love you. So for the three of you that are still here, let's get (laughs) fucked up. Hi, Mom, Dad, and Shirley. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Ed Gein, I'm sure you're, you're aware of that. Well... Maybe you haven't heard of him, but I feel like he's pretty... Well, the thing is, I think the thing with Ed Gein is that even if you don't know the name, you know him. Yeah. And we're going to touch on that probably closer to the end of the episode. But Mm -hmm. a lot of the horror that is Ed Gein made its way into pop culture in an unfortunate way. 
I think in a very similar way to... I was going to say the greats. That's fucked up. In a very similar way to some of the more popular names, Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, John Wayne Gacy, a lot of his, a lot of Ed Gein's story has been taken and fictionalized and twisted into this, like, super intelligent, well-plotted thing. But reality is, it's not, that's not the case. Mm-mm. And I mean, to be fair, it's not the case with the other guys I just mentioned either. Like, if you really look into them, not the smartest of dudes. But no. Ed Gein is a special exception to every rule. And I know we... I talked a little bit about this in our first episode when we were talking about Alan Legere. But I think we can both agree, in order to get a grasp on who someone really is, we kind of need to look at where they came from. Yeah. Because, like I said with Alan Legere, it doesn't excuse any of the things that they've done, but it does help us figure out why. Yeah. Because that's something I feel like a lot of people don't really think about. Like, when they hear, oh my god, he murdered, like, ten people, why would he do that? Well, we're going to tell you, like, the most compelling reasons why. Well, exactly. And, and I it's... think that's, that should happen in every, every case, honestly. Absolutely. And it's... I just want to be extra clear on it. Like, it, by us talking about this, in no way is it us saying, look how fucked up his childhood was. He, he was meant to turn out like something like this. Everyone should feel sorry for him. He had such a rough time. No. I feel no sympathy for him. Yeah. I mean, like, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. But... It sucks, but it's not an excuse. Exactly. That being said... <laughs> Let's look at Ed Gein. So, everybody knows by now that I love my history, so Mm. I will do... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Thank you for your input. I will do (laughs) a small deep dive on the history of Ed Gein. So, Edward Theodore Gein was born on August 27th, 1906 in La Crosse County, Wisconsin. He was born to George Philip Gein, who was born in 1873, and his mother was Augusta Wilhelmine Gein, born in 1878. And Ed was the youngest of two boys. He had an older brother named Henry George Gein, who was born in 1901. So five years older than Ed. Just the two boys, two parents, small normal family on the outside Uh, inside was a little bit different isn't it always (laughs) (laughs) so if we look at George George Philip Gein was the father of Ed Um, he was a career hopper I think that's a good way of putting it he worked many many different small jobs around town Eventually, he bought his own grocery store, which is kind of a unique job. Mm-hmm. And I think, weirdly enough, being a business owner is going to come into play as a theme here. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Uh, but after working at this grocery store that he owned for a little while, 
he decided he was going to sell his family business and he was going to buy a farm in the middle of nowhere. And Sketch, but okay. Exactly. <laughs> if my husband is ever like, no, we're going to sell everything and move in complete isolation. I'm, I think I'd, I'd be like, mm, hard pass, thanks. Yeah. But that's that was George's choice. So he bought a farm. And being in complete isolation is where his alcoholism very much got even worse. He became, he was pretty, pretty notably a drunk in general, but moving to the farm really heightened it because there was not really anybody around to judge him. Nothing else to do. Might as well drink. Exactly. So, said everyone during this pandemic. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, so Augusta, George's wife and Ed's mother, hated her husband. Um, and I feel like that's also something that was quite common in yeah. those times. Oh, which yeah. is unfortunate. But people didn't really marry often because they loved someone. And you know what? In her defense, being married to an alcoholic, like a raging alcoholic, would be difficult. I can understand hatred mm. in that sense. But, you know, divorce is a thing. Was mm-hmm. it more frowned upon and harder to get? Sure. But you, I think I would prefer that over the alternative of openly hating your significant other. For the rest of your life. Yeah. But as much as she hated George, Augusta really enjoyed being on this farm in complete isolation because Augusta did not like people interacting with her sons. She was a bit cuckoo. She was a bit stupid. Um, (laughs) She actively turned away outsiders from her sons. She punished both Henry and Ed for making friends. Which is mm-hmm. fucked up. To no one's real surprise, Augusta was a very, very religious woman. She mm-hmm. was a Lutheran. She read the boys' um, scripture. Is that what it's called? It's stuff from know. the Bible. <laughs> she read. Oh, yeah. I feel like scripture's a word that. That makes sense. Yeah. And this is... We don't know. This is nothing against Lutherans, but Augusta was at the point where it was almost a cult-like devotion to God. Yeah. She was big time up there. Um, the, the pieces from the Bible that she read were a lot about death and destruction and immorality. And Good she really... Stuff for children to hear. Exactly. Um, she was very well known for preaching about um, how the world was just immoral in general, that it was a naturally immoral place, um, that drinking was evil, which, you know what, I'll, I'll give you that, especially if your husband's probably abusive. Most interestingly to me was that she had a fervent belief that all women, except herself, were instruments of the devil and that they were all basically whores. 
trying to use sex to lure men and ruin their lives. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you know what? Props to her for having the confidence to say, everyone but me. Women in general, but me, I'm the best. She's special. (laughs) We love to see the confidence. But sweetie, that's not exactly correct. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's George and Augusta. So parents are a little <laughs> bit of a tumultuous relationship there. So you can only imagine the children. Hmm. Henry, there's not much known about Henry Ed's older brother. Um, yeah. just that he didn't really like his family, which is fair. And he eventually worked as a handyman for a while, which was a pretty common career back then. (laughs) Riveting stuff. I can only imagine what their childhood was like. Hmm. What a beautiful segue into my section. (laughs) Yeah, so the kids didn't have the the easiest childhood, obviously. (laughs) What do you mean? With a family like that, it can get a little bit uh, depressing, honestly. Um, the kids were kept like isolated on the farm for a lot of their childhood, because, you know, gotta keep away from all these devil-worshipping women and stuff. Cause... These whores. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to steal um, my sons away. They're from Wisconsin. <laughs> I don't know why I gave her a southern accent. What is a Wisconsin-ish accent? Not nearly as intimidating as a southern one. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, obviously with a... Oh, yeah. The mom... What's her name? Augusta. Oh. Augusta. I just... I have notes referring to them as mom, dad, and children. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was pretty verbally abusive, which can really mess up. A child, obviously. What do you mean? Um, and like you said, she didn't want them having any friends or anything, which also, not good. If you're going to have kids, they need to socialize. Like, basic psychology. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they latch onto one friend for 14 years, and then they start a podcast. Who are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. That's not me. <laughs> that would be the worst. Weird. <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) um, (laughs) and yeah, so like, poor Ed, yeah, he had no friends at school, and even the teachers were like, why doesn't this kid have any friends? So like, ever since he was a child, he was thought of as kind of weird, because he was kind of (laughs) weird. You know, it was his mom's fault, honestly. And in my highly intellectual notes here, I have a statement, and try and keep up. Def has mommy and daddy issues. That's that's my... I didn't even write definitely. I said Def, Def. has mommy and daddy issues. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. And as we know, people always talk about daddy issues, but mommy issues are the ones that really like mess up guys. <laughs> like yes, If you are. know a guy has mommy issues, you should just make sure he's sane. Because like... It can get pretty pretty toxic and pretty nasty. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, and then to top it all off, how old was he? The dad dies. So... How old is he when the dad April, dies? April 1st, 1940. George mm. dies of heart failure. From complications... 1940? In... Yeah. Okay, that was For... recent, sorry. It's 2021. <laughs> well, not recent enough that, like, I was That alive, was recent. Like, <laughs> like, in the last hundred years. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that really got me. <laughs> So his heart failure was yeah. because of his alcoholism. Big surprise. So rip to him. So Ed was born in 1906. So Ed's 34 years old when his father dies. Mm-hmm. And Henry, Increasing his daddy issues. Yes. Sorry. And Henry is <laughs> five years older, 39. Quick math. Took me far longer than it should have. To add That's 34 okay. plus 5. So what you can do is edit <laughs> in the voice recording that you say it immediately after. Mm-hmm. Good at math. Yeah. So 34 years old, his dad dies of heart failure. And Augusta is just a small little old lady. She can't take care of the farm by herself. Mm. So Henry and Ed are left with the responsibility of the entire farm. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure at all. So it's around this time that Henry meets a special lady and decides, I hate my mother. I'm I'm very uncomfortable with the mommy issues that my little brother has. I think they have an unhealthy relationship. Yes, because it was even it was prevalent even to the brother where he was like, this is weird. This is weird and I hate it. So Henry and Ed are both working as handymen doing jobs around town to try and make money to keep up with the farm. Uh, Ed is also working as a babysitter at this time. <laughs> no. Which I hate. Oh no. <laughs> Henry is telling Ed that he's planning on moving away from the family farm. He wants to move in with his girlfriend, as a 39-year-old man should. And because he's concerned about the unhealthy dynamic between Ed and Augusta, he takes the time working these handy jobs with Ed to tell Ed that he thinks maybe Ed should think about moving out too. And he starts to say some pretty not-so-nice things about Augusta, which, to me, not a big deal, because I think she was a bitch. Mm-hmm. But to Ed, who had very conflicting feelings about whether... It was kind of like Stockholm Syndrome. Like, yeah. Like, so abused, but so dependent on his mother. Mm-hmm. He was very upset with his older brother for saying anything negative about his mother. It was a big point of contention for them. Also, though, uh, Henry, maybe don't talk trash about the person your brother is obsessed with. Like, you're both going home to her. Like, that's maybe not the best idea. No, like, gossip gets around. (laughs) He loves her so much. Yeah. That's not good. I understand what he was trying to do. But I don't think at that point... I think Ed was too far gone. 
Yeah, that's like going up to someone who's like a raging alcoholic and saying, you're an alcoholic. Like, okay, how's that going to help them? Yeah, exactly. That mm. You're offering me no alternatives. Yeah. So anyway, that's messed up. But Ed and Henry, there's a little tension, but Ed's like, you know what? I get it. He's upset. He wants to leave. He's an adult. He can do that. So they're working this job. I think they were, like, cleaning up a field. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, some somehow the field catches on fire. And it's a terrible situation. And when the... I was going to say the police. Police don't really <laughs> come. The firemen, <laughs> when they show up to put the fire out and investigate how it started, Ed is mm. like, oh... By the way, I lost my brother when this started. Mm. We both just started mm. running. Can you find him? I am so concerned about the state of my brother. I love my brother. So convincing. Exactly. And I'm sure that's exactly how he said it, too. Um, mm. <laughs> so the, inv- the authorities are like, of course, we'll look for your brother. There was a fire. We need to look for mm-hmm. everyone. They find Henry, and unfortunately, this is 1944, <laughs> unfortunately, Henry was found dead. Mm-hmm. Suspiciously, it was not because of any burns on his body, of which he had very few. Hmm. It was not because of smoke inhalation. Hmm. Autopsy results showed that there were some pretty serious head wounds Mm -hmm. and what was the cause of death later the the cause of death was determined asphyxiation hmm Hmm. doesn't sound like fire to me no but But, i wonder who was around uh, at the time oh it couldn't have been anybody ed ran the other way no you're right he's totally innocent yeah so uh the 1944 police are like, ah, it was a fire. And mm. no one questions it ever again. A little suspicious. It's fine. You Everything's fine. I literally wrote, gee, I wonder who did it. <laughs> like, the police didn't think, like, mm, that's a little weird. They just thought, oh, what a shame. Police don't think like that now, let alone in 1944. <laughs> so at this point... Ed is like, yes, my dad's gone. Henry's out of the picture. It's just me and my mom forever. Unfortunately, that forever would only be another year (laughs) because Augusta would have two strokes in 1945 that would ultimately Mm. lead to her death. Um, The Wikipedia entry tells... A fantastically funny story. Not funny, but it's fucked up. <laughs> but about how after her, her first stroke paralyzed her. So Ed was really, really responsible for taking care of her. She verbally abused him this whole time. But he was like, yeah, okay, all right. So Ed brings his mom to visit a man named Smith because he needed straw for the farm. So... Hmm. Ed tells this story of how 
Augusta saw Smith beating a dog. And it was terrible. He beat this dog to death. Oh my god. And I guess this woman came out from Smith's home and was like, hey, maybe don't beat the dog. (laughs) Uh And it was this whole thing. And she went back inside. And Augusta was so upset by this whole thing. Not because Smith beat a dog to death in front of her, but because this woman was not married to Smith. And she had, quote, no business being there. So she angrily called her Smith's harlot (laughs) and never got over the situation, how appalled she was. And they think that the stress of a situation like that is what caused her to have her second stroke. And then she died. Why would she not make it in this day and age? Oh, if only she could listen to our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So yeah, she passed away at the age of 67, and... Which I immediately put giving Ed more mommy issues. Oh, oh. Not just mommy issues, he lost the woman he was in love with. His whole family be dead, and his obsession. I mean, you want to talk about an Oedipus complex? Oh, yep. Do you want to explain that in case nobody knows what that is? I would love to. So, (laughs) Oedipus, Greek guy, basically, long story short, fucks his mom and kills his father, not knowing that it's his biological mom and dad. Some versions Mm. of the story, he also has a child with his mom. Some, Some versions, no. That's not relevant. That's just a fun fact that I like to sprinkle in. So, anyway, our buddy Freud, I'm sure you know him, he looks at this story of Oedipus, and he says, fuck yeah, that's what everybody wants to do. So he comes up with this thought process called the Oedipus Complex, wherein everyone has the internal desire to fuck their parent of the opposite gender, and is in constant competition with the same gender parent for the affection of the opposite gender parent. Yeah, also, uh, uh, not entirely accurate. Don't maybe listen to him. <laughs> yeah, Freud, disproven in a lot of ways. Freud, we know you were a big stepping stone in psychology, but But I'm pretty up. sure Get out. <laughs> Freud wanted to fuck his mom and was like, yeah, everybody wants to do this, right? Anyway, so yeah, uh, big time Oedipus complex happening for our pal Ed. Also, if you look him up, he's creepy looking. Ed Gein or Sigmund Freud? The answer is yes to yes. both. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But <laughs> specifically Ed Gein. If you look him up, he kind of scares me. He is quite disturbing. Like, uh, he looks like, yeah, he yeah. looks like somebody who would... So that is Ed's, the death of Ed's mother is the ultimate stressor for what is about to come. Mm. And what that is, is a whole shitstorm of messed up. I think that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. 
So I think the best way to dive into this is to think about Ed's level of infamy in the true crime world. Because what I was surprised to learn in all of this, and I think you were too, not to speak for you, Jane, but I think you were Mm -hmm. also surprised, that despite being recognized as one of the most notorious killers of all time, just big-time criminal, Mm -hmm. Ed Gein is only known to have killed two people. For sure. Like, the brother, probably. There's probably some others thrown in there. He's a suspect in a couple other cases in Wisconsin, but it was never proven. But he admitted to these two. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like with how fucked up everything he did was, I just assume there would be more. Not that two isn't a lot. It's too, too many. But for a guy as as, uh, not right in the head as Ed Gein, I think it could have been a lot worse. Mm -hmm. So, So we thought that the most respectful way to talk about these victims would be to actually acknowledge who they were. And you know what? It was actually quite difficult for me to find relevant information about their lives. More so the first one than the second one. Mm-hmm. But everyone, like, Googling their names, every article that popped up was like, oh, Ed Gein killed this lady. Anyway, moving on. And but I don't... It. I don't like that. I think it's important to acknowledge that these were women that had real lives they had people that cared before about them. getting killed they were like, people like they're not who were living their own life and they're not they're not stories. just their deaths they're they're not characters it's not a cool thing that they got wrapped up in this they were yeah. murdered i think if we're going to mention them which we are <laughs> mm-hmm. i think it's important to give some background on who they were because they were pretty cool ladies I think that's a wonderful idea. Thank you. Very respectful. Thank you. I try. <laughs> and I would hope that if I am ever to be murdered, someone would do the well, same. Yeah, I'll make sure they do, unless I get murdered too. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, the first known victim of Ed Gein was a woman named Mary Hogan. So Mary was born in Germany, and she immigrated to the U.S. in 1914. Now, there's, there's a little bit of a conflict here because the death records that I was looking at said that she was born in 1899, but that when she oh. immigrated to the U.S., she was 11. Oh. <laughs> but, like, listen, I'm not good at math, but I know that... 1899 plus 11 is not 1914. Yeah. So, but I also know that documents back then, little little messy. So, at some point between 1910 and 1914, (laughs) her family moved to the U.S. And eventually, she settled in Plainfield, Wisconsin. 
um, Mary had a child out of wedlock, and she gave her daughter, who she named Christine, up for adoption. Her cousin was the one who adopted her. Oh. And she grew up knowing she was adopted, but there was no mention of a father on the birth certificate. She never knew who her biological father was. Mary gave birth without a father? Sounds holy. Christine is Jesus. Yes. Thank you. We're done. You're welcome. I figured it out. (laughs) Um, My favorite thing about Mary, she was married three times. Woo. And she was unmarried at the time that this all happened. Um, But this is what I mean. This is what I was thinking of when I was talking about Augusta and George. Like, divorce, not common. But it happened. Proof right here. Exactly. She got married three times. Augusta did not have to be with George. Anyway. (laughs) So, Mary Hogan. Living her life, she owned a tavern. This is what I mean, business owner. She's an entrepreneur. She owned a tavern called Pine Grove Tavern in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And on December 8th, 1954, she disappeared after her shift. Hmm. No clues. Just gone. Yeah. And there was no information on her disappearance for quite a while. Uh Which is quite sad so that was is sad about that too Midnight was very upset yeah but so that was for for three years that was the story behind mary hogan she disappeared without a trace can i also add something to that absolutely you can during the time that she was missing mr ed over here i don't know if you had this in your notes too but Ed would joke around to people claiming that she was staying at his place. I did not have What a distasteful joke. The woman is missing and he's going, oh yeah, she's with me. She's staying at my place. Like, it, it's true. <laughs> but like, that's, like, yeah. what? Yeah. Like, you are, are begging to get caught at this point. Like, There's so many red flags with this man that People yeah. were like, haha, Ed's weird. Right? Oh, like, stop Ed. passing red flags. Like, yeah, no. They're... They're sketch. Are you waiting for a different shade of red, or what's... Yeah, I'm know. colorblind. It's <laughs> yellow. It's fine. <laughs> Sounds like my dating history. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, so three years go by. No one has... Except for the jokes from Ed about... Mary hanging out with him no Mm -hmm. one has any idea where Mary could be it's not until November of 1957 that someone finally gets some confirmation but Mm -hmm. that ties in to Ed's second murder and this is the one that there was a lot more information on Yes. but still not a significant amount I was surprised by how much digging I had to do. Mm-hmm. So this pertains to a woman by the name of Bernice Warden. Now, Ooh, Bernice, Bernice was born in Illinois. It also says 1899, 
it could be not that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, we're going to assume that it was close to then. For both mm-hmm. Mary and Bernice, around 1899. Fair enough. Ancestry is a confusing place for me, okay? It's a... Uh... Ancestry.com. <laughs> Sponsor us, please. Sponsor us. (laughs) (laughs) At least tell me how to use your website better. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Anyway, so, Bernice, born in Illinois. She moved to Plainfield, Wisconsin, later on in life, with her husband, Leon Warden. And Bernice and Leon had two children. They had a son named Frank Ernest. And they had a daughter named Miriam Elizabeth, which I just think is the cutest little name for a little girl. Miriam Elizabeth. Can you picture a little six-year-old Miriam with the little pigtails and I absolutely Hi, I'm Miriam. I love that. I love That's old cute. names. That's absolutely not relevant to anything right now, but I think it's important for people to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just a little so, fun fact. <laughs> so Bernice, uh, unfortunately, was widowed. Leon passed away, I think, in 1950? Rip. Big man. Yep. Um, but Bernice was the owner, another fantastic business lady. She was the owner of mm-hmm. Warden's Hardware, which I would assume she owned with Leon at some point. Yeah. But if she started it on her own, I don't know. Good for her. Good for her, no matter what, she ran a store. That takes hard work. It's only going after successful, hardworking women. Exactly. Everybody wants to take down a girl boss. Mm-hmm. So, that's a little bit of background on Bernice. So, November 16th, 1957. There is a, a Plainfield resident who claims to have seen the truck from Warden's Hardware leaving the store at about 9.30 a.m. It's a pretty slow day. It's hunting season. People aren't really coming and going from the hardware store. There's not a lot of customers. Mm-hmm. So, no one notices that anything's amiss. At around 5 p.m., Frank Ernest Warden, who, as you might remember, is the son of Bernice, is also the deputy sheriff of Plainfield. Oh! Big man on campus. Didn't know that. Bernice is very proud of Frank. Yeah. So, Frank stops by to see his mom. He sees that no one is in the store. He looks around, doesn't see much, goes up to the cash, and discovers that the cash register is open, and there's a trail of blood on the floor that seems to lead out the back door. I don't know, but I think something happened. (laughs) I think maybe. So, Frank, being the deputy sheriff... Luckily, is like, okay, I need to start figuring out what clues could be here, what's going on. That's so, so scary. It's his own mom. I know. I can't imagine. I'd be crying. Like, the bravery that it took for him to be like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut down my emotions for a bit, and I'm going to figure out what happened. Aww. And, like, good for him. Makes me want to cry. <laughs> I know. So, but he immediately starts thinking of this weird guy that comes into the hardware store sometimes. And this weird guy... One we've mentioned. (laughs) Yeah. 
So he's like, hmm, I wonder when the last time he was in here was. Frank finds a receipt for a bottle of antifreeze made out to one Ed Gein. Dun, dun, dun. So Frank is like, fuck, that's the weird guy. Yeah. Immediately goes looking for him. Deputies find also, him. Yep. Sorry, can I add? Uh, I found uh, just a similarity with the two uh, women going missing. Didn't they both have like a trail of blood or something that was all that was left? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry, continue. So Ed, Ed has a pattern. Mm-hmm. Or he's establishing a pattern. He doesn't get to yes. develop it any further because. Oh, Um, Frank sends out his boys immediately. He's like, find this guy. Mm -hmm. Because whether he killed her or not, or whether he's done something or not, he knows something. They find him, I believe, at a grocery store that day and arrest him immediately. As they should. And then Frank is like, okay, well, we have him. We need to search his farm. Mm Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's when shit hits the fan. So, mm-hmm. I said Mary and Bernice were tied together a little bit. Because it is at this time that the remains of both women are finally found. Gore For, warning. Yes. It's gross. <laughs> so, Bernice is found quite heavily mutilated. Mm-hmm. Uh, they found her in a shed on the property basically without going into too much detail hung upside down like an animal in slaughter yeah she is cut open as though her organs are about to be harvested um they also find the decapitated head of mary hogan um no one no one talks about if they found any other parts of her body on on the property but they did find her head and, um, and another thing, which we'll talk about in a second, mm-hmm. but it is at this point that the deputies discover a lot more than they were initially expecting. Yeah. I also just realized this is probably going to be our longest episode yet. Absolutely, it is. We have so much still to go over. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, painting the picture that you probably don't want in your brain. Ed's farmhouse? Disgusting. It was like hoarder conditions in the first place. Mm -hmm. And to top it all off, he... Should I just say it? He... He was, he fancied himself a bit of an artist. Yeah, he specified his talents in uh, interior decorating. Oh no. With humans. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And I don't mean like co decoration, I mean like using skin from humans to decorate. Mm hmm. Mmm. Do you wanna do you wanna list off some examples? Uh, I can list some off too. Sure, sure. Um, Don't eat anything while you're listening to this guy. Yeah, this is the point where it's gonna get gross. Yeah. Um, 
So, first thing they find is a lot of just straight-up human bones. Mm-hmm. Um, they find a, a garbage can made of stretched human skin. Mm. Uh, they find human skin upholstered chairs. Yeah. So skin stretched over the seats of chairs as if it's fabric. Which would not be comfy, by the way. I wonder, this is a fucked up question to ask, did he stuff it like a cushion? I would assume so. Uh, But also yuck. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, They also found skulls on his bedposts. Hmm. They found some more skulls, specifically female skulls, some of them whole, some of them with the tops cut off um, that were being used as bowls. Okay, it's been, it's been pretty gross up to this point. It gets a lot worse. So mm-hmm. what they find at this point starts off with a corset hmm. that they've made, not they, a corset that Ed has made out of female torsos skinned from shoulder to waist including the breasts that was referred to as a mammary vest they found leggings made from female skin they found masks made from female faces that were skinned including one of mary hogan they found nine vulva in a shoebox. Mm-hmm. Uh, two sets of those were from uh, girls who they approximate were probably about 15 years old. Um, and one of those girls' dresses. Gross. Um, the one that gets the most traction is probably the belt that he made out of female nipples. Mm-hmm. It had a buckle on it and everything. Also, I've seen the pictures. Don't look it up. Yeah, if you look up the pictures, which mm, probably do, don't. Kind do at your own risk. We don't mm-hmm. suggest it. I will just say one thing so that everyone else can f- feel the way I feel. They look like beet chips. <laughs> you look at that and you're never going to be able to eat beet chips again. It just saying. <laughs> I hate it. Um... Oh, God. Moving on from beet chips. (laughs) They also found four disembodied noses, a pair of lips that were being used as a drawstring on some blinds. They found a lampshade made of human skin, much like the Nazi experiments. And they also found just a straight-up box of fingernails. Not sure what he was planning on doing with... Actually, no, I don't... I don't want to speculate on that, because a lot of different theories just popped in my head, and I don't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. So, I think that, that that leads us to a question of why. Oh, hold on, there's more. Oh. oh. I have some. Yes. I have some that are not as graphic, but still pretty, pretty yuck. So, he also had... What was it? A human heart was on to cook or something? Mm-hmm. On the stove? Because that's a normal thing to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
He had a collection of tongues. He had a skin apron, skin gloves, you know, to add to his collection of skin clothes. Mm -hmm. And um, it was also said that he had uh, faces of nine women hanging on his wall as decorations. Here's the thing. I, I could make paintings and put them up. Women you are know, beautiful. Not, I understand. Not faces. But yeah. You don't need to skin uh, them alive. No. There are other Pictures things are you cool. can do. Pictures are nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pictures existed back then. Yep. Sure did. We have mm-hmm. pictures of all of these things. Yeah. There is, I think, in total, like, what, 15 different human bodies found? They believe it's somewhere between 9 and 15 different people's remains, including yeah. Mary Hogan and Bernice Warden. And the ones they, they say they're not sure if he killed or not, they also found out that he was grave digging with a buddy. Oh, and we'll they get were into taking that. dead bodies. Okay, we'll get into yeah, that. Yeah, we'll get into that. So, the discovery of all of this stuff led not only detectives, but Jamie and I, to the age-old mm. question of why the fuck why? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Where do we want to start? Um, so, obviously Ed was caught. And they had already arrested him for being involved with Bernice Warden's disappearance. But now Ed was, Ed was in some trouble. They find all this stuff, and they come back and talk to him, and they basically sit down and go, Whoa, what's, what's up? What's going on here? And this is you when... Good, <laughs> this is when they discover that Ed's ultimate goal in this was to create <laughs> a woman's suit. So we've got the corset with breasts. We've got leggings. We've got aspects of a vagina. We've got nipples. We've got face masks. We've got gloves. Think Iron Man, but with human skin and psycho instead of genius. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, a lot of people immediately turned this into some homophobic stuff. Mm. And they were like, oh, he wanted to be a woman. That's the only reason he did all this. Like, he needed to have these things so he could finally be a woman, and that's why people who want to be trans are terrible and Mm. not right in the head which uh, that's a whole other rant to to go into there's plenty of very strong lovely trans women who do not before their transition skin women and wear Mm -hmm. their bodies Dare I say it? There's probably zero cases of that happening. (laughs) Exactly. So, let's just kibosh that instantly. That's... He did not... And Ed openly said he did not want to be a woman. But there was a specific woman that Ed wanted to be. And that Mm. was our our good pal Augusta. Um, Mommy. (laughs) There's a great author by the name of Catherine Ramsland who did a really fantastic piece on Ed and weird cannibalistic necrophiliac criminals. And in her 
piece on him, she expertly says that he wanted to become his mother. He wanted to, quote, literally crawl into her skin. Which, ugh. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot to unpack in that statement. Mm. <laughs> there's, like, I know some guys with some mommy issues. I, uh, not like that, though. Disgusting. That's, that's a whole other level. So, in order... I don't order, want to crawl into anybody's skin, let alone my own mother's. I don't even like being in my skin. Thinking too much <laughs> yeah. about bodies freaks me right out. Exactly. So, in order to do this, Ed found it necessary to dig up recently buried bodies... And specifically Mm -hmm. to find women who he thought looked like his mother. So Mm. instead of going out and murdering multiple other women, he went for the ones that were already dead. So he and still pretty messed up. (laughs) Yeah. So he and he and a buddy, because his mom was dead, he was allowed to have friends now. (laughs) So he and a buddy went grave digging, and Ed collected Sometimes whole bodies, sometimes he skinned them right away. Bad choice um, in friend, by the way. That's yeah. messed up. Weird thing about Ed, too, is that he typically returned jewelry and stuff. Like, didn't take any valuables. It was just like, I'll take your skin, thank you, see you later. Here's your wedding ring, though. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, he used the skin of these women for his woman's suit. To become his mother. Um, The police in their search also discovered that, like Jamie said, very hoarder-like house going on. Mm. But there were rooms that were boarded up. And the police were like, oh, if this is what he's putting in his living room, what's in the boarded up rooms? So they opened those up, perfectly preserved. Perfectly Mm -hmm. cleaned, kept in absolutely perfect order and these were all rooms that his mother frequented so her favorite places in the house he kept perfect for her so that when he became her he could still enjoy the things that she enjoyed Uh so basically what's theorized is that ed was putting on this woman's suit ed was putting on this woman's suit and then the dress of one of the 15 year olds that he had stolen from the grave they think he was wearing the dress around the house. So, absolute definition of mommy issues are happening. Yeah. I'm like, we could talk for a long time about that. But I think the conversation naturally goes to to his trial. And what yeah. the fuck happened after the police... Okay, this is one thing I want to talk about. The police... Mm-hmm that found that shit the trauma that they must have endured yeah yeah nice uh nice visuals for the rest of your life there's i was reading one interaction that i think it was an officer or it could be could have been a journalist that spent time talking to ed yeah he he died quite early on just from pure stress and his wife came out with a statement that said he is just as much a victim of Ed Gein as any of these other people 
because yeah. he would not have come to an end if it weren't for the stress that that experience caused him. Well, mental illness and like PTSD and stuff, all very real. Oh my God. Should not be treated like a joke. They can have like physical and psychological effects on people, so I believe it. Like, I cannot imagine walking into that scene and coming out like, oh, it's a normal day. Like, I would probably get night terrors from that. Like, I already have a lot of nightmares as it is, but if I had to see that in person, yeah. smell it, or touch it, no. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Somebody had to destroy it. Someone had to mm-hmm. pick it up and carry it out of there. Mm-hmm. Like, that can't be good at all. When we say get a hobby, we don't mean this. No. Don't, get, don't do this. Get better hobbies. Crocheting's cool. Painting. Yeah. Yeah. Anything other than this. I don't know, I don't know literally anything but skinning people. You know what? Know. You can even do interior design without the humans, you know? Yeah. Like oh, interior design. Go to a store. Great. Download The you Sims? Can... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sims Lego? 4, you want to sponsor us? <laughs> I don't know. Read so, a book? Yeah. Anything. So... Yeah, November 16th, 1957 was when all of this was discovered. It only took five days for them to arraign one count of first-degree murder on it. But the thing is, at this point, it was only one count because he had not confessed to the Mary Hogan murder. He later Mm -hmm. would confess to it, but then he took back his confession Mm -hmm. so he could only be arraigned on one count of first degree murder and from this he pled guilty oh that's not what happened from (laughs) this he pled not guilty by reason of insanity because somehow within these five days he was diagnosed with schizophrenia and deemed unfit for trial now I want to talk about this (laughs) was he mentally ill Absolutely, he was. Does that. No. Like, okay. Schizophrenia can be a very scary disease. But I don't think it's to blame for this. No. 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 There are plenty of very treatable cases of schizophrenia that do not end Mm -hmm. in a human skin suit. And also, like, how does, like,. Having either audio or visual hallucinations, how does that go from I'm having hallucinations in whatever form to I'm gonna skin and create stuff out of dead bodies for what, 10 years, 15 years? Like, enough. I mean, even if it was two days, that's too much time to be doing that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, I don't know. I understand he was probably unfit to take the stand in general, but I don't know if I agree with schizophrenia being the reason. But that's just me. Can I can I put my input in? Please do. I talk As a lot. As someone who minored in psychology <laughs> but was very interested in it, who still has my abnormal psych book in my in my room, I feel like he would qualify for someone who had probably dependent personality disorder. Because, like, I think there's he lots was of personality so reliant on his mom. And I, I think he did have a lot of issues, but 
like also not not really an excuse to be like no. oh oh that's okay then it's like oh these are just the things that were wrong with you that compelled you to do it but you should yeah. still go to jail there's no through line with any mental health disorder and making a soup bowl out of a skull yeah they just the two are not connected like you know what you're doing yeah. at that point yeah exactly you make the conscious decision to carve to out that. a soup bowl yeah So, regardless of what we think, we were Mm. not even close to existing at that point. So, Mm. we did not get any input in the trial. (laughs) (laughs) So, it wouldn't be for another 11 years until Ed was actually put to trial. So, November 7th, 1968, Mm. like I said, 11 years... He spent in a hospital for the criminally insane with a brief stint in a maximum security facility. He was finally deemed mentally competent. So not that he was not mentally ill, but that he was competent enough to understand that a trial was going to occur, what he was Mm -hmm. being charged with, and why his crimes were wrong. Yeah. So because of this, a trial was finally held, but without a jury. So a week after he's deemed mentally competent, Judge Robert H. Gallman found Ed Gein guilty, mm-hmm. but in a second trial to determine his sentencing, actually ruled that he was clinically insane, and rather than be sentenced to life in prison, he was to be committed to a mental hospital for the remainder of his life, mm-hmm. which is where he stayed. Fair enough. <laughs> As long as he's out of the general public. Yeah. I think that was a good call on the part of the judge. Yeah. Because there's clearly some issues going on up in that head. No one in their right mind thinks like that. No. Like, yeah. But there needs to be a punishment for it. Yeah, they're just decorations. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um... Also, though, fun tidbit that we didn't mention, I don't think. Wait, we might have. I just wanted to add that he, his excuse for uh, killing the women instead mm. of taking more dead bodies was because, quote-unquote, he needed the fresh skin because the dead skin was yes. too hard to work with. It wasn't supple or stretchy enough, which, yes. <laughs> by the way, yuck. Uh, um, this is also the man that was asked if he was sleeping with any of the dead bodies and said, no, they're too smelly. Yeah, that's the only reason he said no. (laughs) Like, at that point, why is that where you draw the line? You're skinning (laughs) these women and wearing them like a suit, but you won't sleep with them? Because they stink? Imagine how your, your, your house smells, my guy. Yeah. It probably doesn't smell very good. (laughs) Anyway, so Ed Gein was in a mental hospital for the rest of his life. Yeah. And that life ended uh, 1984, July 26th. Fun fact, my birthday is July 27th, so... (laughs) I'll never forget that date. (laughs) So, uh, how did he die? 
Oh, I don't know. <laughs> he died of respiratory failure. Because he had <laughs> I feel lung like I should have known that. Oh. And you know what? I think that's some karma. Not enough, <laughs> but some. Suck on that. Um, yeah. and I shouldn't laugh at this, but I'm, I do. He, his, his gravestone obviously vandalized mm-hmm. a bunch. Somebody stole it and just kept it in their house <laughs> for a while. Like, people were breaking off little chunks of it from this cemetery. But somebody but stole it. Someone straight up was like, no, nah, this is mine now. And, I and mean... then... That just left it somewhere in Seattle, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And the police in Seattle were like, I guess we'll keep this. Yeah. So they, instead of moving Ed's body to a place where people still couldn't vandalize the grave site, they mm. were like, we'll just make it an unmarked grave. Oh, but he's buried in between his parents and his brother, <laughs> who have gravestones... So it seems pretty easy to track it down. Yeah. Honestly, I'm surprised nobody's dug up his body and been like... And made a skin suit. It. Yeah, watch me make a skin suit from the Skinner... Skin suit? Skinner scoot... Sco- <laughs> you know where I'm going. <laughs> Bold of you to assume no one has. Well, there. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Also, though... His house burned down, right? There was a fire. Oh, yeah. What a shame. That pit of disgusting and despair. What a shame. It's burned down. So a couple years after everything was sort of found out, um, Ed's in the mental hospital. Everything is peachy. They hire, the authorities hire, like, a crime scene cleanup crew to come and, like, clear out the property. So this crew is working, and somehow, almost like in the field, a fire spontaneously begins. But the cleaning crew was like, oh, there's fire. So they they call the fire department, but the fire chief at this point is someone we all know and love, a man named Frank Warden. So Frank picks up the phone and is like, oh, fire at the place where the guy who killed my mother lived? Sorry, oh, I'm on a break. We're busy. Sorry. Took forever to get there. And by the time they showed up, the house was burnt to the ground. And Frank was like, oh, sorry. What a shame. Sucks. Man. Sucks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, and writing up the report everyone was like definitely arson and frank was like accident (laughs) submit (laughs) you know what i think is the ultimate power move checks out yeah so good for frank yeah yeah so that that's that's the reality of ed gein Mm. the reality is a very different picture than what is painted in pop culture. And there's a lot of references to this dude in pop culture. Oh my god. So, this is what we were talking about at the very beginning, like an hour ago. 
<laughs> about where people might have heard not necessarily the name Ed Gein, but aspects of the story. So the most prominent portrayal of a situation very, very heavily based on Ed Gein mm-hmm. is by, it was in a novel published in 1959 by a man named Robert Block, or Blotch, I think it's Block. Mm-hmm. But more famously known is the film adaptation of this novel done by a man named Alfred Hitchcock a film who we all are aware of (laughs) a little film called Psycho if you've never heard of it (laughs) go watch it you have to watch the original though also Bates Motel fantastic series mmm probably one of my favorite shows which is probably fucked up but i was gonna say that shows how how messed up we are yes but it's a fantastically well done show it's like a prequel to the movie psycho yeah and it's amazing but yeah so norman bates the main character in psycho if you don't know or if you just need a quick recap is basically in love with his mother super obsessed in the prequel to the film his older brother is like hey kind of unhealthy maybe (laughs) don't um norman does not like that has an estranged relationship with his mother and basically turns into a killer they own this motel and he he starts to preserve his mother's things as she starts to die and in the film psycho moving on from Bates motel in the film Mm he he saves her body and dresses up as her and runs the motel as if he is his mother so very 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 based on ed gein's story yeah there was more so I there there were films made both about and inspired mm. by Ed Gein. Right. So the films that were kind of about, I will just go through very quickly. So there was a film that came out in 1974 called Deranged. It was directed by Alan Ormsby and Jeff Gillen. Gillen? Jeff? <laughs> Um, there was a film that came out in 2000 that was called In the Light of the Moon. Um, when it was released in the U.S. and Australia, it was just called Ed Gein. Like, straight up just Ed Gein. Uh, but that was directed by Chuck Perello. There was a film in 2007 called Ed Gein, The Butcher of Plainfield, uh, which was directed by Michael Pfeiffer. Um, there were two Rob Zombie movies. There was, like, a like a series of movies by Rob Zombie about Ed Gein. The first one was House of a Thousand Corpses, and then its sequel, The Devil's Rejects. Mm. And perhaps most absurdly, there was a comedy that was released in 2010, directed by Steve Russell, called Ed Gein the Musical. Now hear me out. I love dark, dark humor. <laughs> it's great. 
and I, I love musicals. But this is taking it a little too far for my yeah. taste. Like, there's a fine line you can play on between dark comedy, dark humor, and just being tasteless and crass. Exactly. Because it's like, I get it, you're trying to make it fun and like upbeat or whatever, but we're talking about murder. It's not fun, it's not really musical worthy. No. So, you know... Like, the closest thing I can get to with that is, like, Sweeney, Sweeney Todd. Yeah. But I feel like that was just really well done. And it was, an and exception. it was fictional. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Loosely. Yes. But, I mean, but like, there was no... This is straight up. <laughs> no one was really affected by singing about the demon barber of Fleet Street. Yeah. Many people were affected by Ed Gein, the musical, especially being a comedy. Yeah. But, you like, know. You could have done it with a different genre. Absolutely. Just not comedy, make it horror, make it scary. Look make at it something like Come From Away. A, a Broadway musical based on 9 11. Mm hmm. Done beautifully, highly accredited. Mm-hmm. There's comedy in it, but it's very tasteful based on the experiences of the individuals under those circumstances. Yeah. No one's poking fun at 9-11? Mm-hmm. So you could do something like that without poking fun at a mentally ill murderer and his victims. Yes. But that's that's our tangent for the night. It's a beautiful point. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like I said, those were film adaptations of the story of Ed Gein. A lot of it was exaggerated and fictional. Well, not exaggerated. You can't really exaggerate the horror. But yeah. a lot of it was fictionalized to suit a storyline of a movie. Mm-hmm. Now we get into the good stuff. The <laughs> characters... That were inspired by Ed Gein. A lot of very famous characters in horror. Like I already said, Norman Bates, Psycho. Mm -hmm. Basically, Ed Gein owning a motel. That's the only difference. Yeah. My second favorite, and then I promise I'll let Jamie talk. (laughs) (laughs) The other very, very notable character based on Ed Gein is Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Buffalo you Bill. You all have definitely heard of Silence of the Lambs. Absolutely. Buffalo Bill is the murderer in Silence of the Lambs. Well, one of them. Not Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> Buffalo Bill is a character in Silence of the Lambs. Get through it. You can do it. <laughs> Buffalo Bill is a kidnapper who often dresses up as a woman and wears a skin suit of his previous victims mm-hmm. to become a woman. There is also that very famous scene in Silence of the Lambs where Hannibal Lecter wears a human mask of the guard's face. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Great as far as, this, by the way. as yeah, oh my god, fantastic! Oh movie. god, if spoiler you seen, alert! They came out decades ago. <laughs> I do not care about spoilers. But if you haven't seen any of the movies based on the Hannibal Lecter realm, ten out of ten recommend. Good. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Obviously, as far as we know, Ed Gein wasn't wearing the faces of his victims straight away. He mm-hmm. dried them out and tanned the skin and made, like, actual hardened masks. Whereas Hannibal yeah. Lecter somehow expertly slices this guard's face off and uses it as an escape. But that's a, yeah. that's a whole other thing. So, Norman Bates, Buffalo Bill, very much Ed Gein. Yeah. Uh, I also have two, I think, notable, uh, what do you call them, I guess? Pop culture references? Character inspirations. Yeah, that's a character inspiration. It's beautiful. Um, One of which is from the 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Also kind of freaky about that. He wasn't even dead at that point when they released that movie. Oh, fuck, I didn't even think about that. Because the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre was based off of, like, him. Yeah. With the skin suit and stuff, but he only died in 1984. Oh, my God. So, like, that seems kind of insensitive, too. (laughs) I hate it. uh, I guess it made it probably more scary for the people going to see it in theaters and stuff, being like, this this guy exists, he's alive. This kind of thing literally happened. Uh, so yeah, that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, the entirety of Leatherface is just Ed Gein. Ed. <laughs> Significantly Boy. less threatening. Like, obviously he was the one that did it, and Leatherface is a fictional character, but when you compare mm. the names Leatherface and Ed... Yeah. One of those is a little more intimidating than the other. Well, there's also, um, from American Horror Story, my favorite series, another kind of sketchy name, uh, Bloody Face. Um, his Which name is, is Dr. Oliver Threadson. Okay, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's Ed Gein versus Leatherface versus Bloody Face. Yeah. Which one is the creepiest? Like, you know, <laughs> not Ed Gein, I'll tell you not that. Not Ed Gein, no. But yeah, American Horror Story Season 2, there is a killer on the loose. They don't find out who it is until the end, but the murderer is Bloody Face. He is a killer who dresses up in human skin and has presumably a bunch of human skin furniture. But I think only in the show it shows the lampshade. But that's like a direct connection to Ed Gein. Like that is very on the nose. You know what they're pointing to. And I think it's really, really interesting. Because I love American Horror Story. Okay, and I will say, as a final note, this is the last little tangent I'm going to go on. (laughs) Nazis also made human skin lampshades. And no one fucking talks about it. And I'm putting a stop to that right now. Because I remember yeah, reading honestly, about that. I didn't know until you told me. Yeah. I remember reading about that. I was doing a project on that, like, super awful Nazi doctor whose name yeah. is very much escaping me right now. But I was <sighs> doing a project on him, and it was, like, 2 a.m. when I was in high school. 
I'm reading mm-hmm. all of these experiments, and they were like, yeah, they found human skin lampshades, and I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> oh hold on. So we're just going to gloss over that? And I've only ever seen it one more time, and it was on a documentary about weird, like, Nazi memorabilia collectors. Yeah. And I was like, no one's going to bring up how fucked up that is. Like, I know the Nazis did a lot of fucked up stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. But I feel like skin lampshades are up there. And I'm upset pretty, about it. Pretty good on, yeah, pretty high up on the list. I would think. But apparently no one else thinks the way that I do. Yeah. Whatever. That was your last tangent? <laughs> yeah. I'll go off on my last tangent. <laughs> Fantastic. Because I am going to scar anyone who listened to this point. Thank you for listening. Here is something you don't want to know. I made you look it up like a week ago, Caitlin. (laughs) (laughs) So I, while we were doing research, was thinking, hmm, you know, Ed kind of seems like a guy who would participate in uh, munging. (laughs) I'm not going to spell it for you, but if you want to look it up, go ahead. Find Urban Dictionary. Look up munging. It's spelled exactly the way you think it would be. I don't even think I should explain it. I think I should just say, go look it up. You won't your, want, you'll, you'll regret it. At your own it. risk. Like, I dare you to. Please, <laughs> I don't want to get cases. any emails that were like, Jamie told me to look up munging, and now I'm throwing up. Like, I don't, I don't want to read those. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I was forced into it, because I saw a TikTok that, I, that said, I dare you to look up the definition of munging, and I was like, haha, like, I'm not a wimp. I'll go look it up, and immediately I was like, oh! <laughs> I have to tell Caitlin. <laughs> yeah, thanks for roping me into that one. Had to share my misery. So yeah, I think yeah. that's it for me. I think that's it for me, too. I think there's a lot to talk about with Ed Gein. Yeah. But I think the overall final note that I'd like to end on is that Mental health issues are a serious problem, Mm -hmm. especially stemming from early childhood traumas like he absolutely experienced. But like Jamie's been saying this whole time, they are not an excuse for anything like this. They are not to be trivialized. They are not to be stigmatized. People who have mental health issues are not going to end up like Ed Gein. Mm -hmm. They need help. But they're not something you should, like, actively be scared of. That was, like, an extreme case. Absolutely it's an extreme case. So. Honestly, I think we all have mental health issues and we should all go get therapy. I think therapy should be free. (laughs) Exactly. Free therapy means no more Ed Gein. (laughs) And I think (laughs) that's the kind of math that I can get behind. Therapy plus no money equals no more reoccurrences of people like this. Beautifully put. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to all of this. Yeah. We hope you enjoy. We promise next time, well, I was going to say won't be as long, but it might be. We're getting more into this. Depends on the topic. Yeah. If you also wanna... depends on the time. It's 2 a.m. for me. <laughs> That's true. 
I'm on my second monster energy. I could keep going for an hour. Oh, God. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us, if you want to check us out on Instagram, you can follow us there at Creeps and Coffee. The and is just an N. Um, or on Twitter at Creeps and Coffee. It's the full and in that one. I could not get the same on both. Trust me, it annoys me too. Or you can send us an email at creepsandcoffee at gmail.com. If you have any episode suggestions, any comments you'd like to share with us about any of the episodes we've done, or you just want to tell Jamie that you can never eat munging chips again gross. and munching is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you have a, a great evening, morning, a great time. Great life. Have a great life. Get better hobbies. Please come back. Oh. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> yes. And scene. <laughs>is produced and edited by us, Kate and Jame. Our theme music is Stuck in a Hole by Dated. For more information on where to find them, check out the link in our show notes. And to connect with us, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Creeps and Coffee.